Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night, recording this on the eve of what is potentially the final game of the Nuggets season. The Nuggets are down three games to one against the Utah Jazz. They'll play game five tomorrow late afternoon if you are in the mountain time zone. Uh, The series kind of felt like it was over after Friday, I will say. It wasn't like Wednesday game two well it I didn't think that that was going to be the telltale game of the series and it wasn't it was game three it was Friday um that was the game that the nuggets were blown out that was the last time that I podcasted and not a ton has changed the nuggets still lost a game although they put up a much better fight on Sunday night against the jazz they only lost by two Jamal Murray had 50 points. I am still not selling my Jamal Murray stock at this point. But it still doesn't look like the Nuggets are going to come back from this thing. They might. It's very possible. I have seen three ones go the other way before. I think everybody has, given 2016 and the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals and then the Cleveland Cavaliers the round after that in the NBA Finals. It is possible to come back from a 3-1 lead. I'm not sure this Nuggets team has the resiliency in order to do that. I think Will Barton was a big part of that. Gary Harris could come back. Maybe he's part of the the rebellion that, that helps bring these Nuggets back and helps them win the series in seven. But I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know if anything's the answer. I think Nuggets fans have to go into tomorrow understanding that there's a big possibility that tomorrow could be the final game of the season. If that's the case, then Nuggets fans, I wouldn't go into that holding your head down. Like the Nuggets got kind of blitzed during these during games two and three, and they clearly weren't ready for it. But then again, this is the bubble and, and weird stuff is happening. I don't think games two and three are a good encapsulation of who the Nuggets are think they got caught in a really bad place, and it does change my mentality on some players, uh, but how they go from there, how they bounce back from that point, will be the big decider for what this team goes through. This episode is going to primarily focus on lineups. It's going to primarily focus on the lineup data that I've accumulated over the past several hours. Um. Some lineups have worked, some lineups haven't. Obviously not all lineups have worked, given the fact that the Nuggets are down 3-1 and two of those games have been blowouts. But I do want to point your attention to certain things, uh, certain things that have happened, just because I think that's a a really important thing in educating Nuggets fans up to what is actually happening at this point, what they can put their faith in, 
what might be the best thing for them to do during Game 5. And then if they do end up coming back in Games 5, 6, and maybe even 7, uh, my belief is that it will be because of the lineups I am about to share. So, without further ado, let's get into this. The first segment is going to be about the lineups that have not worked so far. It's going to be the reason, not necessarily the reason why the Nuggets are down 3-1, but at least a contributing factor, at least something that the Nuggets, given the fact that they're missing two starters, given the fact that they're for three games they started a rookie, uh, given the fact that Torrey Craig has been in the lineup for uh, many games, um, I think it's reasonable to say that some of the configurations haven't been the best. So let's get into that. The initial starting unit that the Nuggets decided to roll out there, Jamal Murray, Torrey Craig, Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, that lineup has played 34 minutes in total. I think it's notable that it's only played 34. One of the reasons that, or one of the one of the key factors, I think, in Michael Malone over the course of this season is that he relied heavily upon his starting unit. That was Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic. That lineup played more than any unit in the NBA. I think taking that lineup away from him probably kind of hamstrung him a little bit in these playoffs, and he kind of had to find a workaround, struggled to find a workaround. The lineup that he initially went with, Murray, Craig, Porter, Millsap, Jokic, it's a good lineup in theory. You have the Murray-Jokic pick and roll, you have Millsap as the backline defender, Craig can go defend Donovan Mitchell, and Michael Porter Jr. is your wild card. He's somebody that if he goes off, then it makes the whole makes it a whole heck of a lot more difficult for the opposing team to score and keep up with the nuggets. However, the nuggets figured out or the jazz figured out how to break the nuggets pick and roll scheme. No matter what the nuggets have done, the jazz have been able to score. And as a result, this starting lineup hasn't been great because Tory Craig and Paul Millsap being out there along with Michael Porter Jr. who he has been good in some configurations but hasn't always been great. Um, This is a good offensive lineup, but it's not great, and defensively it's been horrible. Over the 34 minutes, they have accumulated two total blocks, or two total steals and one total block. That's awful. They're a minus 13 in 34 minutes. That's Denver's second worst unit using traditional plus minus. And I think it's a good representation of the factors that Denver has had to face almost immediately with this series. Was that Utah's starting lineup worked, Denver's starting lineup didn't. And having to pivot from that and be the first team to really counter, that was a tough thing for Denver to do. Other lineups that haven't worked well. The worst lineup in of, of the five-man units that the Nuggets have used in the bubble so far has been the P.J. Dozier, Monte Morris, Torrey Craig, Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic lineup. That was a minus 14 in six minutes. It's only played in two games, but the one game it did play in game three, I think that was the particular moment in the first quarter where Jokic snapped. That was the game where he really stopped trying, and I think that was the moment where he really stopped trying. If If I had to pick one moment, it would be that one. And the reason was that lineup was awful offensively. The Jazz, they just sat back, waited for Jokic to get the ball, doubled him every chance they got, and Jokic is looking up, and there's nobody for him to pass the ball to. P.J. Dozier was really bad. 
He has been bad this series. We'll talk about him later. Uh, Tory Craig, not a great decision maker uh, in terms of playmaking. If if he doesn't shoot the ball immediately, which he's not a liability to always do, uh, then the offensive possession kind of goes to die. And then Jeremy Grant, who I have been very supportive of over these past few seasons or over these past few uh, few games, few months throughout this season. Uh, on the year in the bubble, he's shooting 38% from three, which is good. It's not great. He hasn't finished two pointers very well. I think during one of those plays uh, in that game three, he airballed a baseline floater. Uh, that might have been the moment that Jokic's soul left his body. Uh, I don't blame Jokic for that. I think he has to have more resolve than that, more resiliency, but I can understand why. Uh, Denver can't go to these lineups that don't have any playmaking threats around Jokic. Monte Morris is fine. He's not great. He's not a, like, he's, I don't think he's a starting caliber point guard playmaker who can get into the lane consistently, set up, set up teammates, be a threat to score. He's been good in this series, but he hasn't been elite. And I think that that Nuggets fans need to hear that because even though Morris has been the answer in a lot of cases, it hasn't been because he himself is great. It's because the type of player he is has been much more helpful than the type of players the Nuggets have as alternatives. Um, Another configuration that didn't work, Monte Morris, Torrey Craig, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic. This is basically take that last group and insert Porter instead of Dozier. And I think it's it's notable. This group was a minus nine in the three minutes that they played. The offense really dried up, and Jokic took five of those shots and only made one of them. If he makes those open shots, that lineup looks a little bit better. If you give him Michael Porter as a as a floor spacer, as a cutter, as somebody who could be a little bit of a playmaker off of him, it makes the lineup look a little bit better. But this lineup still gave up an 11-2 deficit, basically, in three total minutes, and I think that is notable. P.J. Dozier lineups in general have not been good. It's unfortunate because I really like him. I think he's going to be a part of Denver's future. I'm glad they signed him, converted him from that two-way contract to a full-time deal. He makes a lot of sense in Denver's future because as he continues to grow, as he continues to learn, he's going to get better defensively and he's going to get better offensively. He's shown tools. He's shown the ability to make sense in different lineups. I've actually liked some of the lineups that Denver has used, especially with Dozier at the three. They've gone with three point guard sets on occasion with Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, P.J. Dozier, and then I think they've used Jokic mostly as as the five, Jeremy Grant as the four. Uh, That was the lineup that helped Denver win in overtime, and it was good. It It was the right time for that. It was because Denver really needed some options defensively against uh against Donovan Mitchell, and Jeremy Grant was the first one. But uh, P.J. Dozier also did his job in that lineup, and I liked that. But Dozier was cut from the rotation in Game 4, and I thought it was the right decision. The bench has just not been good with him on the floor. He, along with Mason Plumlee, along with Jeremy Grant, Monte Morris, there's just not a lot of oomph there. And the Nuggets rely on Michael Porter Jr. in those situations to really carry that group, but that hasn't really worked out. So I'm glad they went away from it. I didn't think it was healthy. 
and instead last game they went with uh, Jamal Murray for most of that time. Uh, Jamal Murray played 43 minutes in this last game. I hope he doesn't play that many, but he's probably going to have to in Game 5. Um, I don't think P.J. Dozier is going to play going forward. I like him. I think he's he can be useful, but if his minutes were taken over by Gary Harris, I think Nuggets fans probably feel a little bit better. Denver's starting lineup has mostly been fine as well. Uh, they played Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic together. In the 19 minutes that they played last game, it was a minus three. So they basically played Utah starters close. It wasn't perfect, but that group was able to maintain at least uh, pretty even. They started out the game really well. The third quarter was not good. I think if you're pointing to reasons why, Jeremy Grant needs to be better as a defender against Donovan Mitchell. The Nuggets need to find a way to defend that pick and roll. Because it's mostly, it's it's going to be Mike Conley and Joe Ingles sometimes, but mostly it's Donovan Mitchell with the Rudy Gobert pick and roll. Jokic has been defending, uh, Donovan, or he's been defending and under the rim, basically, uh, playing deep drop defense, which kind of makes sense if you're looking to give up the mid-range. But if you look at the shot chart that the Jazz had yesterday, they basically converted all of their floaters they they made every shot that they needed to in those situations so to me it's not a great look to just play deep drop they probably have to mix up those coverages and Jokic just has to be better defensively uh Jeremy Grant needs to stay attached when when getting screened he hasn't done a good job of staying attached uh he's been decent but not perfect and the Nuggets need perfect right now um so we're, we're just going to have to see how that group goes. Uh, I think they're probably going to start again in Game 5. I would be really surprised if they didn't. If they didn't go with that unit, I bet that they go with Craig in place of Millsap. Uh, go with Morris, Murray, Craig, Grant, Jokic. But we'll see. Speaking of Millsap, I'm not really sure what his role is in this series, what it has been. He did have a nice first half of Game 4. He had 14 points, but he finished with 16 total. I thought that there were some moments where he was good in the pick and roll, some moments where he was torched. Um, More often than not, he hasn't been good. Uh, When the Jazz decide to target him, he hasn't really had an answer. He hasn't been able to keep up with the quick Utah guards. They shoot threes over the top of him, and they get by him to the rim. So... We're going to have to talk about Millsap in the offseason, but the Nuggets right now are, are not winning those minutes with Millsap on the floor, and that's a problem because Millsap plays a lot of his time with Jokic, and Jokic needs to win his minutes. Uh, I think that if they're going to go for a do-or-die game five, Millsap probably is off the floor, so I'm not sure what his role ultimately is. I doubt Denver can get away with hiding Nikola Jokic on Royce O'Neal and having Millsap defend Gobert. They tried that on a couple of possessions. Uh, I just think that Mitchell's man is going to, or like Royce O'Neal is going to screen for whoever is guarding Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley or any of these other guards, and it's going to force Jokic into a different type of pick-and-roll coverage. Uh, He might even have to switch. He might have to be isolated against those guys, and they haven't really feared him so far. 
Uh, I'm not going to check the numbers on on the isolations that Jokic has guarded, but I'm guessing it's going to be pretty high. Last thing before we head to a break, Torrey Craig, he needs to be insulated in these lineups uh, with a lot of shooting and playmaking around him. The one thing that I'm seeing with the lineups is that most of the time when he's out there, if he's out there with Monte Morris and Jamal Murray, it's usually okay. If he's out there with Michael Porter and Jamal Murray, it's usually okay, as long as Jeremy Grant is on the floor and not Paul Millsap. Um, If he's out there with all three of Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter, along with Jokic, I think that lineup is actually really good, something that Denver can definitely explore. That involves playing Michael Porter Jr. at the four and Nikola Jokic at the five. That might be a good wrinkle for this series if Paul Millsap isn't going to be out there because... If Nicole, if if Michael Porter Jr. and Paul Millsap are doing the same thing defensively, then you're going to go for the offensive ceiling guy. And right now, that's Michael Porter Jr. and not Paul Millsap. So we're going to see what happens. But we'll take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about lineups that have worked. We're going to talk about what Michael Malone has to do to create success with this group in Game 5. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nuggets numbers, Ryan Blackburn here. I already floated one of the lineups that I think is going to be successful against this group, but there are three main lineups that I think the Nuggets are going to have to lean heavily on in Game 5 if they want to stay afloat. None of them include Paul Millsap. None of them include Mason Plumley. I understand that both of those guys are probably going to have to play, but uh, they might just have to back up Nikola Jokic and... Denver's going to have to survive those minutes somehow. They're going to have to survive some minutes when Murray has to sit. Um, But other than those times, Jokic and Murray are probably going to be on the floor for probably about 40 combined minutes in Game 5, if they have to be. Um, And then there will be another three minutes that Murray is on the floor and then another three minutes that Jokic is on the floor. And other than that, those guys are going to those guys are probably not going to sit for more than a three-minute stretch at any point. The first lineup, Jamal Murray, Torrey Craig, Michael Porter, Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic. In the 11 minutes that that lineup has played, they are a plus five. The reason why they are a plus five is because they score like crazy. Even with Torrey Craig at the two, even without Monte Morris out there, the Nuggets have found a way to create good offense with the Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll. They, they run that thing to death. Sometimes you swing the ball over to Craig, Porter, or Grant, and they, they hit a spot-up three. Sometimes those guys are cutting, offensive rebounding. But most of the time, it's Murray and Jokic, and those three guys have been the most reliable outside shooters, I think. Which is crazy, because you wouldn't consider that from Torrey Craig, but 
Craig is hitting, he's hit five of his 11 threes in this game, in this series, and that's 45% from three. He's been good. He's figured it out. Now, some of that was just from, I think, uh, I think game one, he hit three of five, and since then he's been two of six. So the Nuggets will need a big shooting performance from him. Uh, the Jazz like to leave him open. They like to leave Jeremy Grant open. They do not like to leave Michael Porter Jr. open. But Porter, even when he's contested, he's able to hit those shots. I think he's hit 50% from three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, he's actually hit 52% from three. He's 11 of 21 from three and has made a lot of them. Jeremy Grant is 8 of 21 from three. He's made 38%. And Torrey Craig is, as I said, 5 of 11. He's 45%. So Denver's shooting has not been bad. Like, they've, they've shot the three ball really, really well in this series. That is definitely not an issue. The only guy who hasn't really shot it well is Monte Morris, who's 4 of 14. But in the key game one that they needed from him, he was 2 of 3. They made it work. So, Denver can get away with a lot of minutes with that group, but they're going to have to play Porter and Grant at the same time. Uh, Grant has been starting now. He, he started this last game. Porter came off the bench. Craig came off the bench. But in the configurations with those five on the floor, it's only happened for 11 minutes, but I think it's good. I think they can get away with that. And if Porter gets hot, you want them to be out there. The next two lineups, or the next three lineups, or no, next two lineups, they all include four players. Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic. That group has probably been Denver's best four players in this series. Uh, Morris has been solid. He's done a decent job defensively. He's had high effort. He's made sure he's made the right play. Uh, Jeremy Grant, though he has his struggles and, and isn't always in the right place, he's mostly in the right place and he's made the shots that he's need to make. Uh, hit some deep threes in the game yesterday. Uh, that I really liked to see from him. Um, he only took eight shots in the game four, and he was two of four from three, had four rebounds, uh, did foul out in that game, but it is what it is. Um, need to see some better uh, on-ball stuff from him, especially in that group, though Craig is an option as the fifth player in that lineup, as is Michael Porter Jr., uh, Denver probably won't start either of those guys, but if Paul Millsap is struggling, I really do think that with Craig, they can make it work. With Porter, they can make it work. Uh, my thinking is that if Craig is on the floor, the Jazz are just going to run pick and roll at Jokic no matter what. If Porter is on the floor, then they're going to try and go at Porter sometimes. And maybe all the time. But if Porter can wall up a little bit, if he can play a little bit better defense, maybe get some extra defensive stops here or there, then that could be a real battleground for Denver. If they can make that work, then their offense has been humming on the other end. I don't see what the Jazz are going to do defensively to stop the Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll. And if they send a third defender there, then Jokic has the ability to make that read, make that pass, and, and hit the hit one of the other three guys on the floor that comes open at that point. Um, but I really do think that the four guys that need to be on the floor the most tomorrow, 
Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic. With Torrey Craig on the floor, they've played 14 total minutes. That's a plus seven. With Michael Porter on the floor, they they have played only seven minutes. That's a plus one. Um, In addition, the four-man group of Murray, Porter, Grant, and Jokic has been unstoppable offensively. Those are the four guys that I have penciled in for starters next season. I think that they make the most sense for Denver going forward as long as Jeremy Grant resigns. Uh, that four-man unit is a plus 10 in their 29 minutes together. So despite the fact that there have been blowouts, two of them, uh, that group is plus 10. It's a little bit uh, shaky because Porter has been targeted on the defensive end, as has Jokic, but if that group can outscore the Jazz then you just got to go with it. That's been that's been one of the things that's helped keep Denver into it. Do I think that Michael Malone will rely on Michael Porter Jr. Uh, in a game five? Down 3-1? No, I don't. But there's also a possibility that he just decides to turn Michael Porter Jr. loose and say, hey, kid, we need 20 shots from you and we need 30 points. Can you go do it? And I think he can. The times where Porter shoots as much as that, where he where he gets into a rhythm, where he's asked to do a lot, he can go get those shots. He can go get those baskets. He's answered the call, really, with that shooting every time in the bubble. When he's asked to do a lot, he does a lot, and he does it well. So we're going to have to see. I'm curious to see whether he can get some more easy shots He's had a couple of times where he's dunked, where he's gotten all the way to the rim off of cuts, off of the Porter special where where he isolates. He sets a screen for Monte Morris, but a couple of times he will slip it. A couple of times he'll just cut directly to the basket. Morris has done a good job of hitting him. Um, The Nuggets are going to have to figure out how to integrate Porter because one of the things that we've come to understand about this Jazz team is that the Jazz are going to be flamethrowers offensively no matter who they're going up against. Because Denver has some concerns with their long-term with their long-term things with Jokic, uh, Jamal Murray has been good, but he's not a stopper. Uh, Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig, they're not one-on-one stoppers in any way. Uh, Craig has done some good stuff in the regular season, but I just don't think that has translated thus far. I think it's pretty clear, actually. Um Denver may have to go into the place where they outscore the opposing team. And if you want to outscore somebody, you probably got to get Porter on the floor. I think that's why he played 25 minutes yesterday. Michael Malone understands this. He knows that the Nuggets aren't going to get enough stops. There's a reason why Porter was out there. Overall, you just got to space the Jokic-Murray two-man game, especially in the clutch. If the If the game is close coming down the line, then... I don't think Craig can be out there. I think the the opposing team, in this case Utah, will just double off of him. He'll be the guy that they leave, and they'll es- expect him to make shots. Um, I think you trust Jeremy Grant and you trust Monte Morris in those situations to hit shots when they need to. I think you trust Michael Porter. I don't know if you trust Michael Porter defensively. You probably trust Paul Millsap. That was one of the reasons why he was out there yesterday. Um, but if he's not hitting, then you need to find somebody who will. So 
look for how Paul Millsap starts the game and whether he's hitting shots. If he's not hitting shots, then I think Michael Malone will pivot a different direction. Probably go Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Torrey Craig, Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic. That would be my guess. What else do we want to talk about here? Um, Can Denver win game five? I would be in, like, what what does it really change if they win game five at this point? Because they still would have to win game six and game seven. Um, I think I would be impressed with the fight if they did win game five. There's a lot of opportunity for them to cave down 3-1 and just decide that they want to go home. A lot of teams in the bubble have done that. A lot of teams, when they get into a situation where the other team has three wins and they just need one more win for the series, things don't look very good. It's been easy for other teams to fold. I think Indiana experienced this today. Um, The Brooklyn Nets experienced this against Toronto. Um, Who else has been eliminated so far? Orlando's about to experience this. They'll probably... On the same day that the Nuggets go, they will probably go too. Or no, actually, they they went down 3-1 today, Monday. We'll see what happens when they do it on Wednesday. But the Portland Trailblazers are also probably going to fold on Wednesday. So we're just going to have to see how these teams do. But anytime a team gets, a, gets to three games, the next game has been a win. So... Can the Nuggets buck that trend? Can they, in the face of elimination, pull out a stop? Can they can they find a way to create some defense where they needed to? Can Jokic show up? Can he get into the offense, hit the shots that he needs to hit, and continue to put pressure on the opposing team? Jamal Murray showed up. He, he really, really tried. He really tried to make it a thing where he scored 50. He literally dropped 50 points. Also had 11 rebounds and 7 assists to 0 turnovers. It's one of the best performances from him I've ever seen, if not the best. It hasn't been enough. Will the Nuggets fold? Will they play lights out? Will they give Utah their best effort? If they give Utah their best effort, I think it's it's pretty clear that this is a coin flip series. Like Denver didn't give their best effort in games 2 and 3 and got blown out. Every other time, they gave a really great effort in the regular season and the playoffs, and each of those games have been a coin flip. Utah has never had a problem with giving effort, I think. They've always fought. They've always made sure to get this thing down to the wire. In some of those games, most of them actually, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic have come through. In the one that Murray came through, but Denver couldn't really get a stop, they lost. So... Can Denver get a stop? That is a a big deal for Game 5. I don't foresee them being able to, but I think that there are some situations where if they put themselves up at at the point that they need to, then they force Utah to get a stop. And if Jokic and Murray and Porter and Grant and Monte Morris and all that group, if they all have it rolling offensively, then it, it forces Utah to make some adjustments. One storyline I'll be looking for, if Gary Harris comes back, he's up. he's been upgraded to questionable. It's not out of the question that he plays. If he does play, he'll come off the bench. I don't think there's any way that they're going to start him. It would be irresponsible of Michael Malone to do so. He will be, he'll be rusty. He'll likely come off the bench. 
If the Nuggets decide to go with, with a nine-man rotation, he'll replace Dozier. If they decide to go with an eight-man rotation, he'll replace Craig. I think the Nuggets know that they need Porter's offense out there. It wouldn't surprise me if, if, if Michael Malone decided that if Gary Harris was to come back that they were going to bench Porter, I'd be pretty upset because I don't think he has been the problem. I think he's been a problem, but definitely not the problem. And, and guys like Torrey Craig, just for, for all the things that they've done that, that he can do defensively, he has also been burned. He has not been the, like, Porter has not been the only guy to be burned in this series. He's just been one of them. So more than anything, though, that if, if Gary Harris can come back, it would be a big morale boost for Denver. They haven't seen the dude in uniform, like in, in full uniform for a game since March. It's been nuts. I hope to see him come back. I would love to see him come back. I think that he could provide a big boost, and if he were to play good defense against some of the Utah Jazz guards, then maybe that makes a difference. Maybe he holds, if Mike Conley goes 8 of 13, or he goes 9 of 13 in Game 4, maybe he goes 7 of 13 in Game 5, and that makes up the difference. Same thing with Jordan Clarkson. He went 9 of 13 in Game 4. If he goes 6 of 13 in Game 5, that's a big difference. So I'm rooting for it. If Gary Harris can come back, maybe he can hit some outside shots. Maybe he he gets out in transition and helps the Nuggets get, get a big boost with a dunk. Uh, that would be great. It would be a big, 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 big thing for Denver to see him on the floor doing well. Because for, for one thing, if the Nuggets organization doesn't see him or Will Barton in the playoffs, this will be the second straight year that those guys have kind of been non-factors in a playoff series, or at least deep into the playoffs. Torrey Craig came off the bench initially, but then was given the starting job over Will Barton. Uh, Gary Harris, he had some good moments, but kind of faded into the background during the course of the uh, San Antonio Spurs and Portland Trailblazers series. He had some good, good moments, don't get me wrong, but... I don't know what the Nuggets decide to do in the offseason if they never see those guys. It's going to be difficult, and, and that could cause some really hurt feelings if they do. Um, but again, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see him. I hope that he gets back. If he did get back and he provided a big lift for a Nuggets winning Game 5, then who knows? Maybe that turns back into a coin flip for the Nuggets. That All they need to do is win the coin flip three times. If you win it three times, you advance in the series. That would be a big redemption story after the effort that the Nuggets put on in Game 3. If they came back and won three games in a row, Game 5, 6, and 7, a lot of evils would be forgiven. That'll do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Make sure to check out denverstiffs.com for all the greatest Nuggets content on the web. Uh, We've got a preview for this upcoming game that will be posting soon. We've got... A variety of articles. I've, I always write a five takeaways article after every playoff game, after every game in the bubble, honestly. Done a really good job with that, I think. Uh, Evan Fiala has a good piece coming out in the morning, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, Nuggets fans, I, I hope this isn't the last game. If it isn't the last game, then it will mean something good happened in game five, and I hope we get to talk about that tomorrow night. That'll do it. I'll talk to you guys hopefully soon.